0: hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the piano lessons we have today kim kardashian today we have mattel nickelodeon we have decentraland uh, quite a lot of exciting topics um, and once again you have here phil graham and mark piano from harney's mark welcome but it's good to be here <laughs> well, looking at some of the news stories that have come in when we get straight into our recital mark um, as i say kim kardashian a very famous sort of Uh, Instagram blogger, as I know you love her TV channel too, um, got fined this week by the SEC um, for her sort of support of uh, Ethereum Max. Uh, We won't get into that, but she follows an exclusive group of Floyd Mayweather Jr., DJ Khaled, TI, and Steven Seagal. Can you imagine that pop group all together? Um, On the negative news, we have the SEC charging Arbitrade and Crypto Botniks for their pump and dump scheme. I'm sure you saw the new Digital Hateful Eight um, moniker that was given to state regulators in California, Kentucky, New York, Maryland, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Washington and Vermont, all announcing a cease and desist order against crypto lending platform Nexo. Uh, Do Kwan continues his wonderful weeks. Uh, He's now got the South Korean authorities revoking his passport and asking OKX and KuCoin to freeze 3,313 Bitcoin. Not ideal. Um, and back on our, um, uki dao conversation that we had about the novel ways in which the CFTC are trying to explore this dao. I'm sure you saw that they, they use online forum where the dao members come together to post something through the help chat box as a way to, uh, send the documents, which is an interesting approach. On the more positive side, Sega, uh, announced their sort of, um, new deal with double jump Tokyo, uh, to use the IP rights on a new blockchain based video game. Um, And you saw Walmart, Macy's, Mattel, Nickelodeon, all talking about how NFTs need to come into the plush toy and kid-friendly social media platform to really engage the younger generation. Maybe too young, um, but let's see how that goes. And finally, um, Visa's partnership with FTX, which has been around for a while, saw the launch of a crypto credit card in 40 countries this week, uh, allowing users to use their FTX accounts um, to spend their, their crypto anywhere they want, where Visa cards are accepted. But on the more negative side again, uh, you'd like to get into um, the metaverse and its usage stats. Um, I believe there were some interesting um, sort of looks at the viewership figures and and, and those roaming around these lands um, like Decentraland, like the Sandbox, um, only last week. Um, And maybe you have a sort of explanation for us as to why they're not quite hitting the billion dollar valuations that you might
1: expect. So this is an interesting topic simply because I had to, Play around in Decentraland last night for verifying some of the stats. There was a story published on Coinbase that the daily active users for uh, Decentraland were 38 in one day, which caused some controversy and caused Decentraland to put out some stats in response. So I downloaded it, didn't create an account or connect my wallet, and played around. Pretty much empty. Um, Not just empty in terms of users, but you go to the OpenSea, drop gallery, nothing in there. You go to some events. I went to one which was hosted by CNN Brazil slightly lonely figure of a whole bunch of paparazzi taking photos, animated bots of people who are going to walk past this kind of photo wall, no one in the room. Now, does that mean that this is all overhyped and this is all um, getting ahead of itself in terms of valuations and support and development? Not necessarily. I got one of the first VR kits issued by HTC in 2016. It was fun for a while. I haven't used it for a few years now. And, um, you know, the, the furniture can get knocked around a bit if you're not careful. And then after a while, your head and neck starts to hurt. But this is all pioneering stuff. And if you look at the technology and what they're trying to achieve with Decentraland, they're trying to pull a lot of elements together. And they're laying out a vision for the future. And what's out there right now is in nowhere near the final form. Can't compare it to Sandbox because I had to create an account and I didn't want to do that. But I think it is important to note that whilst there is a lot of hype and excitement at the moment, the question has to be asked, why? There's not a product market fit. The events are not well attended. You have to download stuff onto your computer or mess around with all sorts of other things. It's just not that accessible right now. But whether it will be in the future, whether we get drawn in or whether we get dragged in, we don't know. But I think it's worth saying that if you ever look at this stuff and you can try it out for yourself, then do it. And then don't necessarily believe what you read in the news or the hype. Absolutely.
0: And you, you actively encouraged me to get my VR headset and thoroughly enjoyed for at least a day, going through that, and and, and as you say, then sort of struggle to find what I'd next use it for. Um, but but those fans of Ready Player One and other sort of similar concepts can see a vision, can see a dream. Um, and I'm not sure said
1: Ready Player steeple. One is the best example for that, given what's happens in the books.
0: <laughs> I wasn't going to do any spoilers, Mark. Um, but fundamentally, you can see the dream and vision, um, and you can see where where people would like it to go. And uh, let's see let's see how it plays out. Now. On the piano solo, um, I think you'd like to get into something we touched on briefly, which was in and around um, sort of digital gold, Uh, Nathaniel Popper's view back in 2016, his multi-award winning book, saying that fundamentally Bitcoin was the perfect sort of hedge uh, against inflation. We now have a world in which we see inflation um, sort of affecting economies um, all over the world. And yet, the Bitcoin price isn't doing what was originally intended to do or certainly viewed as, as as it might do. Would love to hear your views on to why that is, and I imagine a lot of people are very interested in this point.
1: The Bitcoin maximalists, and this goes back to a topic we talked about a couple of weeks ago, are very um, bullish and evangel- evangelical about the role of Bitcoin in the global economy and in, in, in human society generally. There have been a lot of arguments somewhat evolutionary or sometimes change a bit as as time goes on about what Bitcoin actually is. Is it digital gold? Is it a store of value? Is it a hedge against inflation with the Lightning Network? Is it a new payment infrastructure? I've got in front of me the original white paper. A purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. Title of the white paper, Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. That's what this was designed to be. Now you can make all sorts of economic arguments around it and sell lots of books. No disrespect to the authors there because they're looking at different theories about it. Remember what this was for. Remember what this was created for. <clears throat> it was meant to be used as a way of moving value around. It, that's That was the entire premise behind it. So I think you can make all sorts of arguments about what it could be or what it should be, but ultimately it was put out there by persons unknown for a specific purpose and so, trying to uh, project all sorts of arguments around what it could do or what it should do is just like when you trade in it, speculating. It feels like you've
0: ducked that slightly, uh, Mr. Piero. Um, but 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 the point is very well taken, and and um, you know the, the Maxis have enormously strong views on this. And, and, and we'll give you all sorts of reasons why you haven't necessarily seen that, that, that reaction to, to the inflation. Things worth saying want. about the
1: maximalists, they have their place and they advance the arguments and they make people think about things in different ways. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're objectively correct. So yeah, is it a store of, uh, of value or is it a hedge against inflation? Depends how you measure it. You might be able to construe an argument, but at the moment we're not seeing that. Perfect. Thank you. We will debate this offline.
0: Now, finally, onto the tuner. Um, a few questions this week. Um, and I'm going to ask one of them. I think we've ducked before, but, but I'm going to fire it at you. Um, clearly, for those that are invested in this space, they're interested in this fundamental question. How long will this crypto winter last for? I've seen you navigate your way through these types of questions in person before, but interested in
1: your views. Well, this crypto winter started in May, so I'm not sure that's the right term. We're looking at a, a much bigger macro in terms of the geopolitical elements, the economic elements, um, a, a change and maturation and wider offering of infrastructure and services within crypto. But we're also seeing some, some tightening of the monetary systems and policies around the world. So there's not as much easy credit and there's not as much of a risk on environment for assets. Yeah. So we don't know. Uh, we, we, each cycle has had different characteristics about it, it's had different backgrounds. If we are going to be going into a global recession, depression, stagflation, depending how you want to look at it, will Bitcoin hold up? We don't know. It's not been tested like this before. So we get lots of questions like this all the time. And it's a usual investment argument of past performance is no indication of future performance. There have been cycles. They last for two, three years. And then it comes roaring back again. Will that happen this time? Maybe. But I think the global macro situation is so fundamentally different and maybe even existential now that this potentially could be the time in which we see Some projects really succeed and take over in terms of infrastructure and service and moving value around, others could die or the whole space could could have a huge amount of liquidity and and volume run through it in the coming months and years. Lawyer answer, it depends. Personal answer, no idea. (laughs) And with that level of clarity, we'll end there. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you, Phil.